And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to our new episode of Film Fracas. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Spilliards, and I'm joined today by my fellow and loyal co-hosts, uh, Robbie, the main man, DeShazer? What up, what up, what up? We are here. Brett, not the pebble, not the stone, but Brett the Rock Johnson. Happy to be here. And as, as always, our new co-host, Shannon, the gift of myrrh, Widener. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I am the gift of myrrh. Thank you for asking. What is myrrh? Is it like incense? Or I think it's kind so. of oil, some, right? Some kind of incense or oil. Like Something incense. that you burn, I think. Myrrh. And it's heavily perfumed. Whatever happened to myrrh? We, we need back. to talk about myrrh. It went the same direction as airline food, I think. What's the deal with What's the deal food? with airline food? What's the deal oh, with no. myrrh? We're, we're well, all thinking like stand-up comedians because so we've got handheld mics this week. This is, our, this is our second episode of season four. It is. Yes. We're very excited to be here. Yes. Talking about world building. World building. World building. Yes. So uh, you clicked on the episode. You know this is about world building. Obviously, no that's not to, a secret. No need to keep this away. Twist: from We're not talking about world building. We're absolutely talking about. This world is building. film fracas mer hour. Um, <laughs> gonna say no, no. This no, episode is about world building. Sorry for the confusion there, everybody. Carter will be severely reprimanded ep- after this episode. Uh, so don't worry; it's never gonna happen again. So, uh, yeah, last week we were talking about... Talked about production design. Production design. And And before sunrise, unfortunately, bit the dust. Location scouting. What what did we say that this season is? What are we doing this season when we get rid of a film? Oh, it gets on a train, and that train speeds into a cabinet, and then the train's twin brother comes out of an opposing cabinet (laughs) without the movie on it. Yes. Okay. And nobody knows what happens to the other train or the movie. Yep. Just, dis- just disappears. They get prestige. Yeah. Oh, God. I love it. Yep. So, world building, if you didn't listen to our episode last season, what are you doing? Go listen to it right now and then come back to this. This was one of my favorite episodes we did uh, last season. Uh, talking about world building. It was pretty good. This is really anything that can come of the world that the film has produced. So, we could, you, you know. What potential sequels, prequels, spin-offs, TV series, anything? What potential ex- expansion and continuation, you know, is there for the world that's created? Yes. Um, so the films that we have left after saying goodbye to Before Sunrise, we've got The Dark Knight. Yes. The Fugitive. The Lion King. The Prestige. Pulp Fiction. Back to the Future. And singing in the rain. All right. Uh, we should also note that this does exclude any existing prequels or sequels yes. or spinoff movies. Or so, well, yeah. Well, no. I feel. Do we talk about Batman Begins? We'll 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 discuss all that when we get to the Dark yeah. Knight. There's because I would point. say we could disregard Dark Knight Rises. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. On the topic of singing in the rain, I remember last episode uh, I talked about how my roommate who let me watch the let me borrow his copy of Singing in the Rain. He's got a whole bunch of trash horror and a whole bunch of very good eclectic movies. 
and I wanted to find out what movies Singing in the Rain was sandwiched between. It's right over there. It is sandwiched between Silent Hill and Sleepaway Camp. Well, there so you go. It goes it's right there with the so, S's. So it goes a Shogun Assassin, Silent Hill, Singing in the Rain, Sleepaway Camp, and then A Snake of June. It's so, a hell of a double feature. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a very odd eclectic mix, but it's, a, it's good. Go. I like it. Sleepaway Camp is better than Friday the 13th. I will fight anybody that says otherwise. I have not seen Sleepaway Camp. It's good. It's better than Friday the 13th. Well, okay then. I got a whole diatribe about it. But anyway, we'll do that on a bonus episode. Do they, do they sleep away at camp? Uh, they, they do something at that camp. Oh, but anyway. Get murdered? Is that what they do at the camp? Yes. People get murdered at the camp. What? Ah. While they are sleeping? That's an important... Yeah. Who knows? We'll watch it, it maybe. like a very unpleasant film. <laughs> Why are people it's, getting murdered? It's good. Gosh. Anyway, we're talking about world building. We're not talking about sleepaway camp. <laughs> where, where do we want to start? Robbie, which movie are we starting with? Oh, weird. Go. Let's quick. go ahead and start with uh, Singing in the Rain, the one okay. we were just talking about because okay. of its location on a shelf. <laughs> okay. So, go. Singing in the Rain, uh, it has actually a lot of potential in what the world, you know, we're given. While we, I wouldn't necessarily talk about, like, sequel movies or anything, there is a great world that I think they've built with the stars that they've created, the whole movie studio that uh, was created for the film. I think there's, I mean, mean, you could go through and just make an entire feature-length short film of every single, you know, silent film that was supposed to lead up to the talkies in this time. What do you guys think? Singing in the Rain. (laughs) A lot Uh of thoughts here. No, no, no. I loved the film, and I think it lends itself so well to I'd actually the first time I'd been exposed to Singing in the Rain was at a community youth theater workshop project I'd gone and supported a friend so the next time you're at the JCC of San Antonio um, (laughs) fond memories of watching uh, the youth production of Singing in the Rain Uh, but it does lend itself to theater so well so I mean if we're including the possibility of uh, multiple you know stage adaptations and uh the ideas of many different directors there um, and giving them the creative freedom to kind of go do whatever they want with Singing in the Rain because it's such a, you know, easily flexible, um, structured film and the characters and all of that. Um, I would like to see that, uh, you know, included as part of the world. And obviously it already exists because I saw it as a, you know, a youth production kind of thing. But um, For sure. Singing in the Rain is For very sure, theatrical. Yeah. I think you could get, I mean, if we're talking truly just like stories we want to have told, we could get, uh, I'm, for, I'm blanking on everybody's name because I'm dead, but. Uh, Don Lockwood. Don Lockwood. Cosmo. Co- Don, well, Don and Cosmo's years like as performers on vaudeville and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You could get, you know, just a whole short sitcom type series of their, you know, antics on the road and their yeah. lead up to stardom. And you could even end it with them getting their jobs, uh, like ending up on that set where Don gets hired as a stuntman and absolutely the rest is history. Well, here's what we're missing: the Lena Lamont show. I mean, oh, I like, want an I, entire yeah. Lena yeah, Lamont I, side of all of this, and I'm, then you know she's in the modern age. Oh, so Lion King one and a halfing it from with kind of, but, but with more just, of a Me Too movement kind of tinged. Oh. I, I was so so maybe you know a comedy drama. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I was like Lena Lamont's rise to fame. Where'd she where'd she come from? Where'd she start at? How did she get to be 
the big cheese and all of this. But in yeah, like stark contrast to Singing in the Rain. I would very much like to see a very somber drama about all of these actors and performers at the twilight of their career, which would probably be, I don't know, late 50s maybe? Yeah, So it's like Red Scare, is Cosmo a communist? Oh. Like, really? Is Cosmo a communist? Yes, is he? (laughs) I'm going to say no. I want to see like really, and they're all like, what do we do now? We're all too old to perform. We can't dance. It's very sad and depressing, but also very moving. Except they're also like the most famous people in existence in that world, and so they're going to be able to just live their lives happily ever after with all their money in their big Hollywood homes. And with Betty White. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean... You could could create circumstances in which tragedy befalls them, or... Sure, why not? It's a possibility. (laughs) That's what I would want to see, just saying. Very dramatic. Because then you could have, like, the singing in the rain, which is, like, the happy, like, the super happy hopeful, and then you have, like, the harsh reality, like, drama. When it rains, it pours. Basically. (laughs) Wow, that's a really gritty, Carter. Kind of like... uh, So they, like, go together. The Dark Knight. One could reflect on the other. (laughs) You have a, a... like a Citizen Kane type thing where it's the happy rise of the career and the power and then realizing I never made a single friend late in life. Sure, but they were Ooh. friends with each other. Yeah. No. But were they? Not yes. So. If Cosmo was a communist, were they really Cosmo friends? was a communist, <laughs> everything unravels. He gets blacklisted. I mean, this Cos- isn't necessarily the world that was created, but it's no, in the realm of No, this is not the world that was created. I like it. I mean... I don't dislike it, but... I mean, I'm fine with the vaudeville prequel stuff. Like, that'd be okay. It'd just be very similar to what's already yeah, that, come that, that, before. That's, that, that's what I was going to say. So, Robbie, Robbie was talking about, like, you'd get to see, like, all the other films and the vaudeville stuff. And it's like, well, that would be cool. It would be very similar. Whereas I would I would really push hard for the Lena Lamont story because that yeah. would be different. different. You'd get yeah. the opposite side of the coin. Oh, absolutely. Well, and But that's the fun thing about this category is... The, there's a multitude yeah, of could, things. Yeah, it could really yeah, be yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can I, do all of them. I know, I'm just... <laughs> Lena Lamont could be the communist. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities oh, here. Oh, shit. Damn. Her, her, her career gets ruined. and turns out she's a commie. <laughs> her career Honestly. is ruined before the Red Scare. So she just goes full commie. When I don't know. Happens. So she gets double blacklisted. The thing, the thing about this movie... Double secret probation. Going into it, you're like, this movie doesn't really have a story. And so it's like... You know, how can, how can we, uh, am I good? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looked like it wasn't recording. No, it's, it's all recording. You're good. <laughs> okay. We're good. We'll cut this out. No, nah, we'll keep it. Nah. In. No, it's we, have fine. To, we have to put it this out by character. tomorrow. There's oh, not. oh no. <laughs> no. So any, your point. Keep going, keep anyway, going. um, no, with, so with singing in the rain, it's, it's very much like a series of, you know, very elaborate musical numbers just kind of loosely thrown together with kind of a story. Um, but what the what the the movie really has to its credit is like it is set in a very rich time in Hollywood when stuff was very dynamic and there was a lot of stuff going on. So that's why I'm saying you can bring in other like historical Hollywood events. Oh, for sure, yeah. To kind of branch off and like how would these characters deal with the Red Scare? How would these characters deal with World War II? 
because you had so many. There was a big push for like the mm-hmm. Hollywood actors yeah. who went and served World War II mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So like, how do they do that? And so stuff like that, I think, would be really interesting. I'd, I'd like to bounce off of that. I'd like to see how they react to like the rise of like other movie musicals, like The Wizard of Oz. I'd like yeah. to see their um, reaction to like when the Wizard, like Wizard of Oz, and the like, uh, not Casablanca, but Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. like 1940, 1939. I want to see how they'd react to like that, and then like the rise of like the Academy Awards and how they like adapt to because it already shows how they're adapting to from to the talkies and then just like to the just the boom of like the film industry. I'd like to see how they deal with that and be like, Show this is Judy Garland, she's you, never gonna make it. She's you could have no like, good. You could have like a rival like a rivalry thing um between the main characters and like like a Bob Hope or someone like <laughs> comes in and it's like a friendly rivalry kind of movie. Yeah. Um what do you do with the Rogan movies with? But um but you got a lot of really cool stuff like that. Um yeah, Bing Crosby did you like all the Bing Crosby Bob Hope movies? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you have like the two of them and then you'd have like Cosmo and uh <laughs> and Don. Don. But it'd be a, kind of a funny dynamic. I'd, get, I'd, I'd, I'd like to just see Cosmo meet all the other big names and just mess with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you get a lot of cool stuff. You could do almost like a the player style movie about you know you, you're going even deeper into the minutia of like the movie business at the time. With, Maybe you know, the people but, is it Monument Pictures? Is that I'm trying to remember my singing in the rain terminology. I, I, th- I think it's Monument Pictures. I'll I'll look it up. Don't worry. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's where this movie being like based in like reality really works to its credit. So, oh, absolutely. So that, that that could be some really cool stuff. And I mean, as the years progressed, you can even pull in more you know popular music from the times that because not all these songs are original to the yeah, movie. Yeah. So you can pull in you know some more popular songs from when the movie's taking you know as the years go by, you can get in some other jazz standards mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So. All right. Does anyone have anything else to say? No. I think we're good. Let's move on to, Shannon brought up earlier, let's move on to The Dark Knight. There you go. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking with this movie. Because this is, usually we disregard sequels, but I don't think we would disregard Batman Begins. No. I would say that's happened. Yeah, to keep. But we can disregard Dark Knight Rises because it had yet to happen when Mm -hmm. this one was made. If we were talking story, I would say we'd have to consider it in a vacuum. But since we're talking world building. World building. Because it's like, if if a movie had a prequel that was made after the movie in question, and it was a prequel that took place before, you could disregard that. Yes. The fact that this is a direct sequel to an existing Mm -hmm. film, we'd have to... So we can't be like, this is how the Batman origin story should have yeah, gone. It's like I'd like to see, like I'd like to see Batman's origins, but yeah. we already saw that. But you could do like pre-Batman Begins, go full Gotham, but don't do that. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> so this is interesting. So you can, because this has a, a wealth of oh yes, you know, backstory and stuff like just because it's pulling from so many different kinds of source material as well as you know. Just the popular culture legend of Batman. That, yeah. You know. So, what do you guys want to see in from the Dark Knight extended universe? I would want to see. Um, so you know, disregarding the Dark Knight Rises, monumental pictures. Monumental. When, when Dark Knight had, had come out, and they were talking about doing the next one, I just remember so many people were talking about so many different things that it could be. 
And I was like, I always wanted to see the Riddler. Because you okay, this is where I, I don't think you can put stuff like that in. What? I don't think you can say, like, oh, I want the Riddler, you know, because he's not in this movie, and he's not in the prequel. So I feel like other Batman villains are maybe off the table when talking about this movie. Does that make sense? What? So the Riddler's not in The Dark Knight, right? No, but he could have been. But I feel like that's giving an unfair advantage because of the wealth of source material. Whereas, oh, so we're yeah, not. I, I think Robbie's meaning like stuff that's already been stuff that is established in the so movie. Only stuff to, established in the movies. Yes, but yeah. not exterior Batman material. Right. No, because gotcha. that because that would be unfair because Batman already has a whole universe right. built. That's true. Into just, I can sit here and be like, I want a gentleman ghost movie. And like, yeah, that's like, gentleman so, ghost doesn't so, necessarily exist in the yeah, Dark Knight so universe. Like, so, that's stuff true. that's been established in the Dark Knight yes. and by well, extension, yeah. Batman Begins, because to, to be like, yeah. oh yeah, like I'd like to see the entire rogues gallery when, like, it hasn't be hasn't been established mm-hmm. that Batman has a rogues gallery. It's just been Batman beating up gang, gang okay. gangsters well, and this one. Yeah, in that psychotic. case, in that case, what I would really enjoy seeing would be something like. Um, so I'd love to see kind of this return. This I, what I would really want to see is like a relationship between Batman and the Joker, because now that the Joker would be imprisoned. And it could really become like, because he says that like we all, we'll always need each other, right? And right. not necessarily like the Joker's always escaping and Batman's having to fight him and stuff like you would normally see, but maybe more like the Batman begrudgingly, almost like a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing. That's exactly what I was Batman, just thinking when you said this. Batman begrudgingly has to like go talk to the Joker and be like, I like there's some new foe. Whether it's like Rachel Ghoul came back, um, that would be cool. I don't know that they would ever actually do that, but. Mm. Um, like, while that would be a cool story, I'm not sure if I'd want to watch a movie about it because then it would just be like, oh, this is Silence of the Lambs, just Batman. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, yeah. yeah. So what I would say is you've got a lot of stuff with, like, you could do, I, I know this is going to sound like Gotham, I'm going to pull it back from Gotham a little bit, but you could do something with, like, the underworld of Gotham. That's yeah. kind of, that's you definitely like established. You gritty, can establish new characters yeah. within that, too. That, yeah, it's like, because uh, they're always talking about, like, the Falcones and mm-hmm. uh, the Maronis and always yeah. talking about these gangs. And it's like, I want to see, like, how the organized crime got started. Yeah. I want to see how these two guys, be, how these two families became, like, the top underworld dogs. Like, I'd like to see that, but, like, not in a, like, Gotham kind of way. You I could do, say. like, a Cadet Gordon kind of thing. Or it's like you see maybe you kind of well you so say you have him as like the new fresh eyed cop showing up and it's like because they talk about even in the Dark Knight like oh the Gotham Police Department's super corrupt yeah and so it's like you have this new like fresh faced Jim Gordon being like I'm here to save Gotham and it's like this horribly corrupt police department and these like major crime which they organized crime which which they which they do touch on a little bit in Batman Begins, but I'm, yeah. I'm thinking more of like a Peaky Blinders kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that'd be oh, cool. Yeah, like yeah. the Maronis and the the Falcones yeah. and all the other ones that just get blown right. away mm-hmm. or absorbed and all that. And then what happens when a person like the Scarecrow like shows up? And yeah, stuff? and like, like you and get like, a taste of that at the beginning, and I want more of that. That's yeah, really like how yeah. does the Scarecrow go from where he is in? Batman begins to where he is at the to working with the Falcones yeah. to betraying them and right. yeah, just it's, all that. Oh. What 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 I really want to see is I want to see the uh, Harvey Dent origin mm-hmm. story 
because I want to see him working down at a. Oh, they say he works at he worked at Internal Affairs. Internal before. Affairs. Yeah, yeah I want to see the Internal like Affairs. Yeah, where it's like it's like oh, this is Harvey Dent. He's starting off. Oh, he's a goody goody. But then like you get like the two phase there. I want to mm-hmm. see that, and then how he eventually becomes the DA. I want to see. I want to see that story. The progression yeah. of that story. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be particularly interesting myself. I mean, he's he's just a, he's a fascinating character for many reasons. But I like Brett's idea. I'm also really kind of if I'm putting on my imaginary, you know, television slash film slash whatever <laughs> producer hat. Um, I think the idea of a police procedural featuring you know young starry eyed. Jim Gordon uh, mm-hmm. going to t- trying to go to town on a you know, very corrupt police department. Mm-hmm. I think it would resonate with a lot of people. I think there's a lot of pull for, um, I mean, what's going on right now. Um, so, yeah. I definitely think mm-hmm. both could get made. If I yeah, if I were putting on my hat, I would start with Brett's idea, and at about season three of that show, Jim Gordon enters the force, and right. then you've oh, got be interesting. So you've got you know a lead up. You mm-hmm. have this corrupt police department, and then you've got. You know. Yeah. What age is Jim Gordon supposed to be when he know. arrives as I a don't even know. vaguely older than Batman? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> vaguely yeah. older yeah. than Batman? Another thing I'd like to see <laughs> in terms of like a continuation after the fact is like the end of Dark Knight. Batman's a fugitive. Batman can't be Batman. He's the Dark Knight. Okay. The fugitive. Like he literally like he can't he like he can't be out in Gotham because he's you know wanted for murder. Mm-hmm. He's not a hero at this point anymore. Yeah. And so I would love to see this kind of, once again, kind of like drama almost of like Bruce Wayne having to watch his city like just like probably like crumble, crumble a little bit around him, even knowing he can't yeah go like, out yet at least just like the psychological just like yeah. spiral he would probably fall into, mm-hmm. which is. What yeah. happens with the Dark Knight Rises, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, no, I'd like well, to see it Knight, happen because the Dark Knight Rises picks up like eight years later. Yeah, so it's like there's eight years. Yeah, that no, you that's, don't see. that's that's what and I so just like, said. Yeah. I wanna. So I would, yeah, I would love to see the Bruce Wayne. Like, does he run away? Does he, you know, how does he get to be? Yeah, you know what 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 does he do in this meantime? Does he go and talk to the Joker? Like, does he develop this rapport with him? Or does Bruce Wayne try to help the city or and try Bruce, to? Yeah. Does Bruce Wayne be like, oh, I'm suddenly donating all of this money to everything? Like, yeah. You know, I, I would love to see that. I feel like that would be a good, like, like a, or like a real good miniseries. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. But the decline marked from, like, Alfred's perspective. I thought, I think that could be, be done pretty Alfred well if, if, you know, you have that third no, not third person, but it'd be somebody else kind of watching. Instead so if, of yeah, your like, audience surrogate being Bruce Wayne himself. Because being... I feel like at, at some point, unless you're visualizing this decline or whatever's going on in Bruce Wayne's mental state, that could get either really kind of long drawn out, intimate, almost going into boring mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not done correctly. Yeah. You could do it ghost style with uh, Rachel. In a sheet. Mm. Oh, you know what? In an gonna, actual sheet, like I'm, I'm like gonna, Casey yeah, Affleck like style? Literally or ghost like style. Like, like, um, a ghost story. I'm going to say what, no. You know, that, that gives me a great idea. Um, I would love to see, like, so you have, like, Thomas Martha Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Billionaires mm-hmm. doing their thing. And so I'd love to see, like... Alec Baldwin play. No, <laughs> no I'd, love, I'd love to see, like, like the Trump. young... No, I'd love to see, like like... Alfred, 
you know, developing this relationship with the Waynes. Like, he joins them. You know, how does he get hired? This kind of thing. And, like, this relationship, Bruce is born. But all the while where you're having this, like... So, really, the show's about, like, like Alfred and Thomas Wayne and Martha and, like, mm-hmm. the relationship of those three. Um, but you have, like, baby Bruce in there. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, like, intercutting with, like, the flash-forwards to, like, either right after the Waynes have been killed... And it's like Alfred having to raise Bruce on his own or it's like way in the future. And it's like what we were talking about where it's like Alfred's having to slowly watch Batman like decline as he watches his own city crumble that he can do nothing to help. That, that you could, could intercut with both of those things. Yeah. Like that could be good, but then you might get a little too close to like arrow territory where it's not. Well, like, I, I said close yeah. to the territory. I didn't say exactly. I'm thinking more better call Saul, not. Arrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I would like to see the like the Waynes. As someone like, who's never watched Better Call Saul or the or Arrow, I am quite intrigued by <laughs> both, what I think both, these things. Both are. have a lot of intercutting between different. Robbie, yeah. I'm with you. Because <laughs> I'm like, wow. Because Arrow starts with Oliver Queen, like he was presumed dead, and he shows back up. Right, I, and I then, think I've seen the pilot. And then there's a bunch of flashbacks to his time on this island and how he learned how to do all these things. But then, like, as it goes on, these flashbacks get like more and more ridiculous and it's yeah. like wait hang on like all this stuff happened on happened while you were thought dead that just like just so happens to be exactly what is going on right now i like the suspension of disbelief wears very thin very quickly as the seasons go on with arrow okay gotcha so that's why i said like you'd have to be careful with that and so then, arrow and like bends over backwards to connect itself yeah, from the past and, to the present. And, we wouldn't do that. Yeah, no. but like I'd like to see the Waynes because like the Waynes have been in Gotham mm-hmm. for however long. But I'd like to see Thomas and Martha just look around and be like, "No, we're going to do something about this. We're going to try to help." And then like starting Wayne Industries and like all, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't know how it would play out, but I just I'd like to see that. And then like you said, like Alfred. Yeah. I just love the idea of like Alfred's perspective. Yeah, I really like that. But all right, but that's the Dark Knight. Sorry, I, I just the, shot all over your dreams of talking about the Riddler. For oh no, that's fine. <laughs> I, 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 it's fair. It was su- I hadn't thought about that, but that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. These yeah. other movies don't have a rogues gallery or a, don't have an know, entire well, yeah, a whole side characters and stuff. A whole universe dating back to the forties. I just thought that gave the Dark Knight kind of a lot. <laughs> well, you would think, think again. We we could include it, but then I think we'd also have to include like the Back to the Future animated series and stuff. Yeah, but I want to see the Riddler and singing in the rain too. <laughs> I w- okay, let's Except just agree. That- all these movies would be better with the Riddler. <laughs> I'm gonna hard disagree there. <laughs> Riddle me yeah, this. I do not want the, the Riddler, Riddler in Pulp Fiction. Fiction. That would be crazy. <laughs> Riddle me this, motherfucker. <laughs> what? Vincent. <laughs> Riddle me that, bitch. God. All right. Let's talk about the Lion King. Oh. Riddle me this. Riddle me <laughs> this, somebody. I don't want the Riddler in the Lion Mufasa. King. The, the Lion King. A movie, a prime example of disregarding the prequel that came out after the first movie. Absolutely. And the sequel. <laughs> and everything what the, else. What is the yeah. prequel that are you talking about? The one li- and, what? You're talking about one and a half? One and a half. One and yes. a half. It's not really a prequel. It's, I it's mean, simultaneous. It's, simul- it's simultaneous. Kind. Regardless, it's but we're dis- still yeah. regardless. We're going to disregard it. That's correct. there. We go. <laughs> Anya, regardlessly. 
pun regardless. Like, God. The Lion King. There are some lions. And, and there one of them is a king. king. Hey-o. Hey-o. God, oh. this is terrible. So basically what I want to see is, so the Lion King is Hamlet, yes? Yes. No. I'd love to see, I'd love to see just no. more Shakespeare, but with lions. With, with lions. So are so we like talking... Macbeth? With lions. So with you, lions. My question here is, that do you would have be to connect heavy. it from the Lion King to Macbeth, or is it? Yeah. So I mean, it's the same characters. Okay. And it would either be, it, it could be a prequel or a sequel, depending on how we want to do it. <sighs> right. Right. Like Macbeth being either Simba, and Lady mm. Macbeth being like Nala. I do. There not would be want the character this. development for Nala that we. Didn't I, really I, get. I, I, I do not. And I mean that at all. They did kind of like. I know we're not. We're supposed to disregard. Didn't they kind of do Romeo and Juliet in yeah. the sequel? Romeo and Juliet's the sequel. So mm. it's possible. So there's to there's do a it. precedent for the Shakespeare. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to see Romeo and Juliet stunned no. to death. What what I the first thing that always jumps out to me, or I guess the first two things that I always want to know more about in The Lion King, how did Rafiki get to become like this like. Super There's respected. So much like, I want to know about Rafiki. No, knowledgeable shaman that is like respected by everybody. How does he get to be the one that holds up the future king? Why, like, yeah, who made him pope? Like, essentially, I want to see. I want to see the pope, and I want to know pope. how he got there. I want to see the character-driven Rafiki story and how like he gets to be like respected by everybody in the Pride Lands, and just how he gets to be like also a martial arts master and just. I want to see the Rafiki story because the one thing that always gets me watching The Lion King is at the very beginning when Mufasa and Rafiki hug, that is always just like one of the warmest, most wholesome things, and I love it. I could watch that on loop for two hours rather than watching The Lion King itself, which is not a dig at the movie because I love that movie, as you all know. But I just I want to know, it's like, how did they get this relationship? Why are they hugging? Why does it make me feel so good? How did, how did this happen? So here's my counter to that concept because I thought of this while you were saying it. As much as Rafiki is shrouded in mystery, do we want to know? Like, is this is this not as similar to like a Yoda situation where it's like I'd rather not know like what how he got to where he is? Like I'd well, that, just that's... like him being shrouded in mystery and just you know being this mystical master of martial arts and that, spirituality. That that sounds a little more like personal taste because I personally wouldn't mind a Yoda movie. I'd like to know how Yoda got to be where he is. Really, that, that's something I've never wanted. I've always wanted Yoda to be just I mean, what he is in the movies. I, I never wanted a Han Solo movie, but here we are. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could always <laughs> happen. But yeah, but yeah, I just want I want the Rafiki story, and I want to see how Mufasa became king and all that. But I dig I digest. You guys, you digest. Would y'all want to see digest. like the arrival of man? Oh, Ooh. yes. Uh, I think that would be interesting. That would be quite interesting. I want. Honestly, what I want is a full-length version of the um, pollution video that was the, the Lion King pollution video at Epcot that they used to have. I know this like know this falls on deaf ears about, to people right? that don't remember like doing this at Epcot as a child. It is, it was intense. <laughs> it's like who's causing the pollution, and then they show a mirror to the audience, and you're like, wow, film is supposed to show a mirror to the world, but not like this. <laughs> And God. You sound like you're still pretty scarred, Robbie. I, l- I love it and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> it's so preachy but so perfect. It's it's the, <laughs> the best things. You love them and you hate them. And it's gone now, RIP. Damn. But I, 
just when you said the arrival of man, I thought about that. You know, the arrival, the arrival. arrival. Amy Adams <laughs> doing a full First lions man? talking to the lions. Simba. It's just a giant lion paw over this giant foggy glass. <laughs> Does the Simba thing? Now that's a proper introduction. What? You tell me these aliens are lions. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Now that'd yeah, be a movie. They just uh, appear to be lions. <laughs> that'd be a movie. <laughs> we are, yes, yes, we're in Africa, so <laughs> these do appear to be lions. <laughs> yes. They just pack up and leave. So, something else I kind of think about, but I'm not sure how you would like turn it into supplemental material, is like the circle of life, because like Simba talks about it, it's like, we eat the antelope, and it's like, and the antelope become, the, like, we become the grass and all that, and it's like, during the Circle of Life song, you see all the animals come together to, like, pay homage to the king, so to speak. And then, like, when Nala's chasing Pumbaa, Pumbaa's fearing for his life. So I kind of want to, I kind of want to see that dynamic of, like, oh, the, like, the lions are hunting the antelope and the antelope, but it's, like, the antelope. Get like, into the, the harsh realities of the monarchy. Yeah. Like, like, this is the king, and he is going to kill me. What do I do? Like, I want to see how, like, I want to see the dynamic between, like, the common folk and the royalty, to accept, so to speak. Like, do death? they just accept it, or like, do they beg for their life, or like, that's what? So, like, that's so. There's upsetting. a reason why like, this is most so... of the prey does not talk in this. Movie. I know. It's, I'm like, I, I just like, I have this grotesque curiosity about it. I'm like, I don't know what it would be or how you would do it, but like, I want to know. Kind of gives me the same vibes as watching Chicken Run, but then realizing that it's all like <laughs> God, World War Two ish. And, you know, like, concentration camp vibes. So I'm like... I haven't seen Chicken Run in so long, and this is blowing my goddamn mind. Yeah, that's all that I saw watching it, like, two weeks ago. And it was great. It changed my life. It's a good movie. But, I mean, it was stylized after something. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just... (laughs) A pretty big... Am I blowing your mind I need a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, have not watched that movie since... I mean, I definitely haven't watched it since it was, like... On VHS, like so, it's been a long. Time. It's been a hot minute, and I'm just remembering imagery, and I'm like, oh yeah. no! Like the scene of them in the oven as all the fire is coming on. It's like those chickens are that about to be a pot pie. So <laughs> dark. Anyway, this is the part of a uh, film fracas where we stop to all watch uh, oh, Chicken Run. Pause, pause the pot. If you're listening with all of us. <laughs> Please tune in to our YouTube channel where we are going to have a full commentary of <laughs> a live watch of Chicken Run. Do not do this. We will not be God. watching we're not, Chicken we're not, Run. We're not, we're not doing that. Yeah, uh, we may have then, a weekend. Eventually, maybe not now, <laughs> but eventually, yes. What, what, what about Scar and the hyenas? Anyone want to know more about Scar and the hyenas? Or? Not, not really. I want a Shenzi movie only. That just, might be it. So just, Have you heard so just Whoopi of Goldberg? the sister act? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of any movie starring Whoopi Goldberg? Because I think you might be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> or Sister Act 2. Back in the Habit. Back in the Back Habit, in the habit. yeah. S- sister Act's fun. Yeah. Sister Act 2 is so much fun. Um, Very spiritual vibes, like Rafiki. So disregarding <laughs> Lion King 1 and a half, I would also... Like to know how Timon and Pumbaa met, you know? Oh, yeah. I know, like, we don't want to talk because it exists as a movie, but, like, it is, you know. And then, like, there's e- a question of how did this yeah. meerkat and the, meet a warthog? Yeah. And, and then, like, even if you can't separate yourself for one and a half, like, we got Timon's story, but what's Pumbaa's story? Oh, absolutely. We, we, we touch on it in Akuna Matata, but, like, well, when he was a young warthog. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. 
When I was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. When I was a young wart. I can't hit that. <laughs> Very nice. We're gonna pretend. <laughs> We're gonna pretend that Jeez. Shannon's voice was my voice. Exact same. No difference. But yeah. anyway, what, any other thoughts on <laughs> uh, the Lion King? Cover the Lion the King. World building of the Lion Anybody King. Any other characters? Mufasa, maybe? Mufasa or origin story? I, I, I thought I... Did, did I not mention the Mufasa? You talked about Mufasa. Mufasa. Oh, you did? Okay. He'd be involved in your Rafiki I must say movie. I do have the sudden urge maybe. to watch Chicken Run. <laughs> I wonder right, let's why. Pause, pause it. Shut it down. No. <laughs> we'll be right back after we watch Chicken We're Run. We're not kill-billing this. <laughs> All right. Says you. I'm coming during this podcast. Let's discuss The Fugitive. Okay. Chicago. Chicago. Cops. So there's a number of things I want to <laughs> see. U.S. Marshals. There's a number of things I want to see. This, Switching okay? the samples. So we're disregarding, we're disregarding the sequel, U.S. Marshals, yes. yes. But the idea Considering of... Considering that most people don't know that yeah, U.S. Yeah, Marshals I, is an actual sequel. The idea that of, was me. Yeah, the idea of Tommy Lee Jones as this like star, like U.S. Marshal... Like, I don't care. Hunting down people... That would be cool. For a second, I thought like, you were just shitting on his idea. Oh, no. Almost like because <laughs> I didn't the, kill my wife. I cool? don't care. Because that'd be, that'd be his catchphrase, like a police procedural yeah, kind well, of no, thing. Well, no, what I want to say is uh. like true detective, but <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. And so you have like young Tommy Lee Jones and then old Tommy Lee Jones, and it's like hunting down people. You're getting those like anthology series kind of thing. I think that'd be cool. But what I also want to see, one, I'd love to see like successful medical drama cardiologist, you know, Harrison Ford, like star cardiologist, e- ER, ER, Grey's Anatomy, Chicago. But also, I'd love to see, like, post The Fugitive, like, Harrison Ford suing the shit out of the Chicago Police Department, <laughs> being like, what the hell? I figured this out on the run. But moving to Boston and finding ample representation in Boston, a la Boston Legal. More like the practice, which uh, spawned oh. off oh Boston Legal. God. <laughs> but yes, I take um, it back. I'm not. I'm not commenting <laughs> this podcast. I'm leaving. But I would no. I would. I'm, I'm walking away. <laughs> no, but I would love to see. Yeah, I'd love to see like courtroom drama of Harrison Ford being like, bum, "You bum. ruined my life. <laughs> I didn't kill and, my but wife." But then them being like, "We were going like, yeah." I don't what, care. What our, what our investigation showed, like, that, that could be a pretty good courtroom drama, like, the back and forth. Yeah, or, like, if it's not even, like, a courtroom drama, if it's, like, that's already happened and the film starts with, like, the verdict, and then it's just Harrison Ford, like, does he go back to work as a cardiologist? How does he deal? Because you don't get to see him mourn the death of his wife. Yeah. And so it's, like, how does he move on from and, this, like, horrific tragedy that and, has befalled him? And also, like, the court of public opinion. Like, yeah, exactly. people out there are still going to think he murdered his wife. Yeah, that that, yeah. Could, that that could be pretty interesting. I'd love to see stuff with that. Yeah, going back to your the U.S. Marshals and the medical dramas. Other than just characters being there, what distinguishes those from any other? Like, you know, what makes those mm. specific to this world? That's the one thing I have about this. When we talked about production design, where the production design is Chicago, what is you know other than having Richard Kimball there, what makes that different than NBC's? you know, Chicago med or something like that. Well, I mean, they kind of set it up in The Fugitive because, like, the central mystery of The Fugitive of, like, the pharmaceutical company doing this whole, like, switching the drug around, you can kind of see, like, you have, like, that's, like, 
I don't want to. I'm kind of comparing it to the Star Wars prequels. So you see like the rise of Palpatine in the background, right? The whole time, and it's like it, you don't really see it. They don't really see it until it happens. So you kind of have that going on with this. So he's like this successful cardiologist, and they're like, oh, we have this new drug we think we want to test. And you have kind of all these background things happening, and it like it ultimately comes together in the movie. But you see like the seeds of it of this kind of like really shady pharmaceutical company. And so you have like him doing this like star cardiologist, like doing all this stuff. You see like some of his colleagues and characters because you got like Jane Lynch, you've got uh, the guy who plays the bad guy, you've got like um, you could have Julianne Moore's character kind of in and out. <laughs> she worked at that other hospital, but who's to say they can't visit? <laughs> yeah. So but, it might just be a difference of opinion, but I feel like it maybe lacks a built world because it is so grounded in reality. Whereas something like Singing in the Rain, which is grounded in like real life events, but has an element of fantasy in, in it, you know, I feel like there's... Yes, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just like, more like what, a... What distinguishes the procedurals from any other procedural or makes it, you know, a part of this specific world rather than Chicago or, you know, the United States in the 90s. The fact that it's those characters... Yeah, but I, 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 you get what I'm saying. I mean, that's anything, though. Yeah, but what I'm... Because, like, I, Singing in the Rain is in the real world. It's just a musical. That's what I was even talking about, is the fact that it was in the real world, and it has all of this Hollywood history that you can bring into it. It's basically the same thing as The Fugitive. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I get what you're saying, but I've, maybe we just differ in opinion, like, what about the effectiveness of those two in their worlds and what, you know. Yeah. But, no. I would, I really would want to see, like, either more of Tommy Lee Jones, like, doing his Marshall thing, whether it's, like, young Tommy Lee Jones or older, grizzled Tommy Lee Jones. Um, or, like, courtroom drama kind of thing, like, after yeah. the fact. You know, how does he recover from this? I think would be really interesting. Anyone else? Yeah. Anything? Shannon? No, <laughs> no, no I, th- I feel like we've covered the fugitive. I'm, I, I'm searching for other threads in the narrative that could be particularly interesting. I mean, yeah. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is you know, finding some way to incorporate Richard Kimball into you know some sort of future scenario where he's helping other men who are accused of murder. But in my mind, this Doing is already like an, kind of an innocence project. Kind maybe of thing. an innocence project, but that could that could that turn. Could problematic a little quickly and I'm, mm-hmm. I that would have to be stories would have to be carefully selected there characters and their backstories would I mean because then we're almost turning Richard Kimball into a detective of his own kind of trying to detective Dr. Richard Kimball detective Dr. <laughs> PhD Dr. Detective Richard Kimball you know to I, you. <laughs> maybe that's the only thing I can kind of think of but even now I'm kind of like eh, I don't know I don't know. But that seems to be what we have on The Fugitive, and we need Let's to start getting through the rest about of these films. Yeah, the Prestige. The Prestige. Prestige. So here's the thing about The Prestige. It does a pretty good job of tying up everything. Yeah, it definitely wraps itself up in a <laughs> neat it's little like bow. It's like it introduces their world. So you don't really have a prequel with them like becoming magicians, because they kind of show that in the movie. And then you also have their entire careers, and then the end of their career. So really, the only thing in the prestige that I'd really like to see is like a uh, more 
Tesla? Tesla, David Bowie, like Tesla versus Edison. But then is that even really... That's the it's issue. It's a spinoff. In the world. I guess it's not. What, you, what you have to connect to it is, you know, the element of real magic that Tesla has, other, you know, outside of, like, you know, the real science. Yeah, like, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see, like, the fantastical Tesla. And, like, yeah. how, how did yeah. he get to be... How did he make... How did he get to make a cloning machine? How did he decide yeah. to make a whole field full of light bulbs, like the fantastical Tesla? Well, and it's very clear that he and Edison have this, like... Yeah, and so, that, like, that, that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd also... A Merlin-type like, show with Tesla? I mean, that wouldn't be... Maybe, maybe not Merlin, but... But I, I, think you're, I think you're not giving it enough credit, because I feel like there, like there is a good amount of prequel material there, because, like... You do see, like, you get a little bit of them becoming magicians, but you don't get the whole story. So I'd like to see how, like, they both start off, how they get to meet each other. Like, Michael Caine, his whole deal. I'd like to see Michael Caine's origin, how they got to meet Michael Caine. And now Michael Caine's like, okay, I want you to go watch that other guy's show. Tell me how he does that trick. And so it's like, there's all these other performers and magicians. And it's like, I'd like to see if there's, like, some kind of dynamic between all of them, because clearly Michael Caine is, like, is is he like the head honcho in the magic world, or like the most respected, or he's more something? Like, I think he's just like a well respected at like the job he does. But I, he I, is I, the I, greatest stage manager of magic yeah. at the but time. I, but I'd still like to see there, there's a whole, there there's a whole lot more there than I think you're. I feel like you're glossing just, over everything. Well, I'm not really glossing because I was thinking about this because, earlier. Because if you're talking about it's like oh you get to see a little bit of their origins, so we don't need that. You could say the same thing for singing in the rain because you see. Cosmo and Don Lockwood's yeah. origin. I don't necessarily think we need to see origins for Singing in the Rain either. So I was talking about all the stuff that could happen after. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I just I didn't hear you say that yeah. about Singing in the Rain. I mean, I didn't so. say it, but I wasn't I wasn't very supportive of all <laughs> but, the prequel but you stuff. Were, you were thinking I was it loudly. Thinking it loudly. <laughs> okay, so I was just yeah. So I was yeah. okay. No, because so, I was okay. Yeah. So I, I just want some clarification yeah. there. Because like, but I, I I still feel like that's some. I don't in, know. I, I feel like that would be some interesting prequel stuff because I'd like to see how. Christian Bale and his identical twin brother, how did they get to decide to do all this? I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of good... I feel like there's a lot of good material there. I don't know. Because there's... It's... The issue is... It would miss, like... The world of the prestige is wrapped up in the mysteries... Yeah. That are, told, that are started and ended in that movie. Yeah. And so anything else, like, if you had a whole movie about them being twins, like, what's the excitement factor? Other than them just being like, we're going to do this now to become magicians. And then yeah. you can like then like you could bring up the same argument that Robbie was making about the fugitive. It's like what does make what's make what does make what makes this separate from like Chicago Met or ER rather than the fact it's just got Richard Kimball. For sure. That, I mean yeah. That kind of thing. I just think well I just well here's the difference in comparison between those is like something doing like a medical show or um what was the other one? Like, yeah, like a medical show would be different than The Fugitive because The Fugitive is not about the fact that he's a doctor doing doctor things. It's like that's a factor in the movie, but it's like that's not the central focus. He's not like going into surgeries, having to save a patient. And so like that whole project would be centrally focused on a different thing. Whereas like something like a prequel in The Prestige would still be about like how do they become magicians? And it's but if like, you did it, something about... Michael Caine's character, about Cutter, Michael Caine's character, like, and his rise from, you know, whatever he was before he was, like, did his job. Could be interesting, but... I'd, or, like, him existing in this world of magicians and selling, yeah. you know, different tricks and stuff. I feel like that's more a part of the world of the prestige than a show, like, than 
a medical drama. Story yeah, like talking talking about like the, the world, like t- talking about the world building because it is established that Richard Kimball is this well respected doctor. So even though it's not the focus of the fugitive, having a medical show about him would still just be like, oh, like yeah, he's a doctor. Okay. Whereas like with Michael Caine, it's like okay, like this is this guy, but we don't know a whole lot more about him. So having that, there's a whole lot more material there. I mean, we know he's a well-respected magician stage manager. Yeah, but how did he get to that point and everything? Yeah, it's how, like, did, how, how did Richard Kimball get to be a respected cardiologist? He went to medical school. There. No, but... The, there, there's the series. No, but that's why, Go, any, that's why any medical... That's why any medical drama is, is you know, entertaining. is because there are challenges and... and yeah, you know, but what, we are, people what we're talking about is not the entertainment factor. It's yeah, about how much it's t- really add, is Adding to the world, yeah, building the world. the world, and all that. But... I mean, yeah. So I, yeah, I think I would be less on the prequel boat with Prestige, just because I don't think there's as much there. But there's not really much of a sequel boat either. So there's, there's, yeah, there's really not a. So what we kind of have to focus saying, on in this really, conversation that's what I was just saying is, it was really just the Tesla thing. Yeah, you could do more Tesla. You could do, you could do it just a, a Eureka style show with that with. Uh, the town in Colorado. I <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like that. This town in Colorado dealing with. All this. I mean, is, is it Colorado Springs? Is that yeah, it's Colorado it? Springs. But I mean, Colorado Springs during the turn of the century, where it's... I mean, like that? That could be interesting. That could but, be interesting. I just... The, the whole Tesla and... Um, uh, Bell. Edison. 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 There we go. Tesla, Edison, all of that. Alexander Graham Bell would be an interesting addition. That would also be awesome. Bell, I feel like, would be so much more useful in Singing in the Rain, though, because he drove everybody to Hollywood eventually to the opposite True. coast <laughs> of the United States. But the Tesla Edison thing, I think I've seen way too many um, History Channel specials and Modern Marvel kind of things where it's like, that's talked about so much. I think it would make a great standalone yeah. movie as it almost nearly was, uh, I think, with Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't see enough of the the prestige yeah. world in there. You really I would guess, have to have from, that yeah. David Bowie to, take on Nicholas Right, Tesla. and I, I'm not sure, you know, that... Yeah, no, I did, not quite doing it for me there, but, um, I mean, that's just my take. Yeah. No, there's... What do you think about, like, the prequel stuff? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, long measured that's, that breath. says it all. <laughs> I just don't think there's as much there. Because you could do a great, you know, turn of the century magic kind of take the world, spin it with some different characters, call it good. I feel like it's way more of a stretch, though. It's not coming to me as easily in my mind. I feel like the crucial bit of story that you get, that you would have as, like, the major parts of story in any kind of prequel, you get in the prestige. Oh, I feel... Yeah, I agree with that. So I just feel like they don't have enough material... Although I could, I would be okay with Michael Caine's yeah. character. It's really like the only thing. But even then, you kind of, it goes back to that, do you want a backstory for Yoda kind of thing. That's a good point. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. I love Michael Caine. I don't Caine. even know if I need a backstory for it if he just sits as like the central figure in like this, you know, as implied within the movie, this cutthroat world of turn of the century magicians, you know? Right. Yeah, kind but of a Godfather situation or something. You know, something. Yeah. that could be interesting. Because be interesting. because now that like the world's too like 
aren't they like the two like the world's like two best magicians or something at that point? The only yeah. ones performing. The that only trick. ones that matter. Yeah, and so like they're both dead for all intents and purposes. Right. So now there's this giant like, pow- like power vacuum in the magician world. I'd like to see the scramble for that and who all like jumps at that. And it's kind of like oh, okay, like and that show is called Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's like, but, but like, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I see exactly. Yeah. What you're all, all these other people are kind of like, okay, like this is my chance, and then like some people are like, oh, I'll go to Michael Caine because he was for them, and then like, how does Michael Caine like respond to what the people want? Like, yeah, he's or Michael Caine. Is Michael Caine like, or, no, I'm out of this game entirely, and then he gets roped back in, or like, does he do like a Godfather kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like, I'd like to see the fallout of everything, and then like, because I forget, does Bowie. Does Tesla does he die or just leave? He just leaves. He just yeah, leaves. he's like, but like, where did he go? But Tesla are, is oh. immortal, never dies. Yeah, that's true. Cap- not capable of currently that. lives in a series of cars. I think he just. I think he just became a lightning bolt. Yes, three yes. lightning bolts. I want, I want to see that. The co- like the cos- electricity. The Cosmos documentary about the lightning bolt that is Tesla, narrated by Neil deGrasse Tyson. So just following it around the universe. Here's my stretch. Okay. Okay. We get, because apparently all, all we want to see is more Michael Caine, which I'm totally fine with. My stretch is he continues working as like a expert witness for cases like that involve magic and stuff like that. And we get kind of a mentalist type situation uh-huh. where he works for like the, where he works for British Parliament. His <laughs> job is becomes exposing magicians. Yeah, you could get something <laughs> like that. Like, I, I like, I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. Yeah, I don't know how many episodes I would watch of it, but I mean, I mean, you, you would say me the same thing one. about like, what's the show where I watch this writer who wants to write about cops, like, or him with like <laughs> become uh, an actual cop? <laughs> crossover Castle. With, There's crossover, nine seasons of that or whatever. Crossover with the, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. You could, <laughs> they just randomly find each other uh, at a magic event, a magic expo. That could be fun. <laughs> I'd watch no, he's that. like because he, he works for the police department. It sounds like Scotland Yard's like, nice. oh, we've brought in Sherlock Holmes, and Holmes is like, I don't do magic, and they bring in Michael Caine. Michael Caine's like, that's good. I'm not doing this now, you see. Nice two-part miniseries. I, there we go. I'd but love, I feel I'd, like I'd love it. That's pretty much all we got from yeah. the Prestige. Is yeah. we could do a lot of stuff with uh, Michael Caine, and if we figured out a way to do something original with Tesla. Which we could, since it's you could. It's a very original take on Tesla compared to. I feel, you know, we, I feel like we every got History Channel. I feel like we we got that. more out of this point. as we kept talking about it. That's that's true. Much similar to the movie The Prestige. Yes. You get more out of it the more time you spend <laughs> thinking about it. Full circle. Yes, we have two oh, more. Okay. Two more. Well, two more. Let's what are we doing next, Shannon? Oh. Which movie are we doing next? Uh, we're doing Back to the Future next. Okay. okay. Doing Back to the Future next. Okay. Let's go back. Discounting the sequels. Discounting the yes. sequels. As what we sequels? Do. Hey-o. You know what would be cool? If they went to the future. We can say they go to the future because <laughs> that is the end of the, you know it's the, end of the movie. No, I know. But you know what would be cool? If you they know, stayed in the present. You know what would be cool? If they went further back in <laughs> no time. No one goes anywhere Say to the time. Wild West. No, I would love to see like a, uh, almost like a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, that like was mis- <laughs> misplacing people in time. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say something. Well, because you get some of that with the other movies, but we won't talk about that. But yeah, yeah. You get a little bit of that. You can. I mean, everything you if you're just going back in time again, like 
everything you can get outside of Hill Valley. Like, because that's, I mean, that's what Doc Brown talks about is where, you know, where does he want to go? Where does he want to take this time machine? What if far in the future is not the future we get in Back to the Future 2? It's like fucking Blade Runner. Oh. <laughs> Pop out of the DeLorean. Marty, we're in the future. And then it's like Blade Runner. And it's like, <laughs> Marty, your kid's a replicant. <laughs> Doc. What the hell is a replicant? <laughs> what does that mean? Are we assholes or something? No, you're a replicant. Uh, yeah. No. But I feel like... I like that. With time travel, I mean, you get the inherent, like, you can take that anywhere. Yeah, yeah. it's a little unfair. So it's, it is a little unfair, but, like, we have to think about, you know, even within the confines, the confines of this movie, everywhere that Doc goes between, you know, the... Because he just shows up the next morning and he's, you know, obviously been places. Yeah. And, like, we don't know if he's been to the future, where all he's been, who all he's met, you know. We could get him showing up in our Michael Caine. Uh, <laughs> Doc Can Brown. you tell we Doc like Michael Brown Caine? Solely on the side of Edison. Because <laughs> this was, you know. The bolt of lightning that hits the clock tower is, is Tesla. Is Tesla. <laughs> yes. But no, I think. It's all coming together. It's crazy. Number of cool things. I mean, like yeah. you obviously have the options for so like a Bill and Ted type definitely thing. Definitely has a lot of cool a Doctor Who do. type thing. Like anything where you can travel throughout time. So let's talk about the stuff that is in time travel, which is you know Who? the Fast Times at Ridgemont High style movie about Hill Valley High, <laughs> flashing back and forth between ni- back 1955 and 1985. So Marty's already left. Well, yes. In, in th- yeah, you could do something like that. Like, so you have like Marty in the present, and then you follow his parents who were established in. Yes. So you have the past and the present. Yes, you could do something Ooh. like that, which would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. So you see, like, you see like the relationship grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think Marty's you could do parents. something like that. You could do... And then Marty and his girlfriend. Yeah. Marty finally learning how to properly play the power of love so he can get that <laughs> gig to play at the high school dance. Marty... Yes. It's just too darn loud. Trying to talk about how he actually wrote Johnny B. Good. But, I mean, <laughs> clearly... That's what I want. He's like, no, I wrote that song back in the 50s. <laughs> Kid? You, what? I was like, no, that, that, that was me. But what you get with Back to the Future, just when we talk about it, the writers and producers of that movie love parallels. So I feel like you could get something really cool with a back-and-forth TV show, like with paralleling situations mm-hmm. with, you know, George and... Uh, Lorraine, and then you know Marty and Jennifer or whatever. So, uh, what's the fun. name of the mayor in the 50s? Goldie Wilson? No, Goldie no. Wilson. Red Red Thompson is the mayor in the fifties. Goldie Wilson Goldie works Wilson. at the uh, soda shop. He's gonna be mayor. And then yeah, yeah, he's gonna be mayor. I want some mayor. sort of House of Cards, but like the Goldie, the, Goldie Wilson, Wilson taken down, slowly right. taking over Hill Valley. See, I oh think that would be kind God. of interesting because, be like, okay, we take Kevin Spacey out of it, so hopefully there is, you know, no right, point right. at which it becomes really problematic. A political thriller, yeah, exactly. But you've got like all of the good old <laughs> boy so kind of stuff, and and you know, race playing into the all of this mix, and wherever we're supposed to be. Where is this town again? It's in uh, California. California. Hill Valley, California. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> California is slowly becoming more progressive, and then we we track the rise to the 1980s, and then maybe beyond, and Reagan, Reagan, and all of. There's yeah. so many the actors here. The actor, the actual actor, the actor. Um, Jerry I, Lewis must be the Secretary of State. I've can always we get. Can we just get a parody film where 
Ronald Reagan is the president, and then everyone that uh, Doc Brown names as potentially being in the cabinet <laughs> just get a like Doctor Strange love style war room with all of those people trying to run a government. Yes, the answer to that is yes. Awesome. So to bounce off of Shannon's more a dark turn, I want to I want to see Doc Brown in the Libyans. How did how did that go oh, down? Yeah, Doc Brown dealing with the Libyans. Yeah, like that's a bit that's Just a pretty crucial anything, part. Anything like, Doc Brown like the did. whole like Doc Brown like prequel series. How did Doc Brown meet Marty? How is Doc like, Brown so yeah, smart? Like, What's Doc Brown's I, deal? I feel, I feel like we've circled around the obvious. What's his <laughs> deal? You like, can see stuff like. In the beginning, you see the newspaper clippings that, like, the Brown family fortune was taken away. Yeah. Like, what led to that? Yeah, happen? like, the Browns. Because well, obviously, like, it had to do with something shady that Doc Brown did yeah, with science. Like, Probably so, something like, with more plutonium. Like trapping Nikola Tesla in a lightning bolt. Yeah, lightning that, too. Because <laughs> Nikola Tesla knew Marty had to get back to the Michael future. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson's somewhere on his giant spacer. He's like, now we're going to see Nikola Tesla. Help Marty McFly return to his present time. No, he and there it is. Nick, <laughs> or Neil however Neil deGrasse Tyson, Tyson talks. Shit all over the physics of Back to the Future. Well, I'm sure he would. Anyway, yeah. I feel like there's a there's a wealth there's of a things lot. to talk about. All right. like, my, my, even my, beyond my, the time my, travel. My, my only thing is that like talking about like displacing people that would just be out of line with like Doc's character. He wouldn't want to go purposefully mess with people or purposely like mess up the timeline or anything so that, that's my only thing is like if i were to see that it's like yeah. oh let's watch doc brown mess around with abe lincoln i'd be like but he wouldn't but doc wouldn't do that. yeah he wouldn't do that so, yeah. that, so but that, the people that, in star trek like, weren't supposed more like to meddle Mar in. marty accidentally does that not necessarily like, doc brown does yeah. that but it's just at the end we see marty doc accidentally writes marty's the entire like, great american songbook marty's like <laughs> abraham better. lincoln this is heavy this is heavy Four score and seven years ago, things were fucking heavy. <laughs> there you go. Back to the Future. What's I, I want that, but not in a Back to the Future. Our final Let's film, see. Pulp Fiction. Let's see if we can't get through it. Um, this, um, the whole movie's kind of world building on its own, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of builds into itself. Yeah. I would like to see, really, when I think about it, the thing I'd like to see most is like, where does Jules go, his new leaf? You want to see him going out and being a bum. Like, Jules, <laughs> Jules' life beyond. Like, after bum. he retires? I mean, he retires, then he lives a quiet Walks life. Earth, exactly. Goes on adventures. What is his quiet life? Meets Michael I, just, I feel like he's really 100% John Wicks, if I'm going to be honest. I, he gets pulled back no, in. No. I know he says he, he turns over a new leaf. more of a... He wouldn't let himself get pulled back in. Neither would John Wick but it happens. <laughs> but, hmm, like... May, Sometimes there's shit to do. Maybe, yeah. but... I want a Marcellus Wallace movie that features, you know, the in-depth story a la The Godfather a little bit more because there's a whole structure to that side of the underworld that we see to a you know certain extent. Um, but I want more of that. I also want to find out if he ever gets sponsored by Band-Aid brand for uh, the Band-Aid on the back of his head. Um, <laughs> trust know, me. It's his signature uh, look, you know. It is a signature look if he ever mixes it up, if it's always the same look, design, all of that. Uh, I mean, really, there's so much more that I want to know about every one of the characters for the most part, but definitely not Zed. Zed does not Zed's really... Zed's dead. Zed's dead. He's dead, and that's all you need to know. 
Um, Bruce Willis, maybe not. Uh, I don't think Butch. We get a lot of Butch. He's a boxer. He turns into a dirty boxer. Christopher Walken is, you know, impressionable to him at a young age and isn't Christopher Walken. This watch. Pretty. Yeah. Shoved a watch up his ass. I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know, but. My ass. So he told me. So I put the watch, only place I could, up my own ass. I feel like most of the world building would probably come from like the whole underworld side of things because like the wolf, like, what, oh, like, you could just get a whole series like the, the wolf, wolf in fixing because uh, who because who does Jules say before like, like yeah. when he when he's on the phone with Marcellus he's like just tell me that like somebody's coming and then Marcellus is like don't worry the wolf's coming because like Jules says oh you so- didn't tell me. But, 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 but you, you know what I'm talking about, though? Because Jules says the one thing, but then Marcelo says the wolf instead. But, like, there, like how, much, how many more, like, specialized people are there in this, it's true. this underworld and in this crime organization? That's true. That's a good... Pretty big so syndicate, I, and that's just so for yeah, Los Angeles. So, so. yeah, I, f- I feel like that's where a lot of the world building would come from from this, because mm-hmm. we know enough about Butch. We know enough about Jules and Vincent. I would, I like, mean, to, I would like to see how they meet. Yeah, how, th- how they get to become hitmen and all that. That would be interesting. I have to. Agree I was gonna with say that. that, or you could see. I mean, there's a wealth of things you could just watch. Vincent, you know, go all over Europe for you know, <laughs> all extended period of time. See him get his royale with cheese. That would be how the. That I honestly, if I were to do a show about Vincent Vega, just you know, hanging out in Europe and doing his thing, you know, shooting heroin and stuff, the. Series finale is him walking into a McDonald's with his last dime in France and being like, can I get a quarter pounder with cheese? Like, it's a Royale with cheese. And the hell's a Royale with cheese? Royale with cheese. Well, we could get a whole, like, Guy Fieri spinoff, but it's just jewels in the 90s and, like, Amsterdam going around all of the heroin places and being, you know, oh, oh I'm going I mean, down to Flavortown, but, you know. I feel like this is much more of a parts <laughs> unknown type thing or a bizarre food than it is. A, you know what they call Flavortown in French? Flavortown with cheese. Le Flavortown with cheese. I think yeah, that's what you meant, You know what they call a no in Brett and I one time had an entire conversation back and forth just naming things and saying, you know what they call that in France? Uh, that with cheese. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Because Robbie sent me a picture of Carter. I was like, you know what they call Carter in France? Carter with cheese. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that lasted for a solid, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a solid back and forth Snapchat conversation. We grew close in that moment. Wow, I feel like I got closer to both of you through all of that. That was great. It was then, then Robbie was like, you know what they call a no in France? I was like, no. He's like, a no with cheese. I'm like, no. I think they call it a no with cheese. And then I think we stopped. Yeah, I think that's where it stopped. <laughs> Rightfully so. Cause that, it was going a bit long. But yeah. much like this episode. <laughs> much like this right. episode. Does anyone have anything else to say Does anyone about? have any last words? Okay. Last words with cheese. We'll move on to voting. <laughs> Perfect. Then. Voting with cheese. Voting with cheese. Okay. As they say in France. Okay. Shannon, um, who's Carter's winner? No. No. Okay. Quick, my, no my, Carter, who's Robbie's no, we're winner? Do, we're not going to do that. Carter, what my, is Carter's my winner? My winner this week is The Dark Knight. I think even when you're not talking about the history on history on history and like expanded material from which you can draw from for The Dark Knight, I just think there's so many more opportunities for like prequels and sequels and all kinds of stuff that you can do that I think is really interesting and compelling 
and kind of different. Um, so yeah, Dark Knight's my winner. Cool. All right. My winner this week is going to be Back to the Future. I think it's a bit of a cop-out. There's all the time travel stuff you can do, but I think regardless of that, there's a lot of really cool stuff to do with the characters and the patterns, and, you know, there's just... I think there's a lot of fun to be had in Hill Valley, and I think it's not the end of the story there, so... Back to the Future. Back to the Future with cheese. (laughs) That's actually about getting cheese from the past and then bringing it back to the future. It's not what they call it in France. It's it's speed-aging cheese. (laughs) Uh, My winner is going to be The Lion King just because there's so much other stuff that's like not really touched upon that they could go into the whole circle of life, the food chain, all the just the nature element of it all, then the characters like Rafiki, Mufasa, even like Scar, even though you guys don't want to see Scar, that's still there and there's just there's so much there and it could go from comedy to just really dark, like I feel like it's just a very wide range and all of it could be very compelling. So yeah, Lion King. Yeah. With cheese. My winner this week is going to be Seen in the Rain. Um, I think there are so many opportunities across all kinds of different mediums to take multiple stories everywhere. Um, I'm particularly fond of an idea of Lena Lamont being the central figure in some way, shape, or form. I think she's you know, seriously underutilized in the actual film. And uh, giving her her own spin-off show, um, maybe in current times, maybe not, would be really interesting. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Singing in the Rain this week. Oh, very cool. So with winners... We, we must pick losers. We must pick losers. No. Someone to be no. on the train through the cabinet, <laughs> only to come out the other door without the movie. Um, it's a long so process. to me, it came down to, to two movies... Um, and here's where I'm at. So oh boy. we've got The Fugitive and we've got The Prestige, which I feel like is going to be a common theme here tonight. Um, where I'm at with this is, so we talked about, like, sure, The Fugitive is kind of like, it's got more, like, regular real real world stuff, but that's also the world that it presents itself in, so it couldn't have a fantastical element it could just do whatever it's doing really well. And that's not the fault of the movie. That's just what it is. So I think like if you were to do something like a medical drama, that would be different than The Fugitive, but exist in that world. And so you're getting a different experience from like a lived-in world. And you could do either the courtroom drama after or the spinoff with Tommy Lee Jones. All of this are different stories that are happening in this world that are presented from the story of The Fugitive. So when you get into something like The Prestige, you have you know the Nikola Tesla stuff, which I think would be really cool and interesting, and that would be kind of akin to the, the uh, Tom Lee Jones thing of kind of an offshoot doing its own thing off of one character. But then when you get into like the prequel stuff, I just think like kind of the, you know, the becoming of a magician kind of thing for whether it's Christian Bell and Hugh Jackman or even Michael Caine to an extent. I mean, I kind of like the idea of like the Michael Caine mentalist thing, which was kind of a, like you said, kind of a stretch. I mean, it's interesting. But where I'm at with it is it's like that material just isn't different enough from what's already existing. So it's like that would basically just be like, it was kind of like when we talked about LA Confidential. Like no matter how you spin it, it's still about like magicians doing their thing. 
Yeah. And it's like, that's was the same problem that LA Confidential had. And I think that's kind of the same problem that, that, uh, the prestige has. So this week I'm voting off the prestige. All okay. right. Um, I found myself in a similar predicament to Carter, but uh, not as much of one where I had to think it out. I think in a similar way to where the world, you know, the production design of a Before Sunrise isn't there because that's not what the film is supposed to be about. I think The Fugitive lacks world building because it doesn't need to be have a world of its own. It needs to be realistic and set in or you know a real world in the real world. So I just, I think that while the fugitive, you know, there are things you could do with it and there's pitches. I just don't feel like it distinguishes the pitches we had just didn't distinguish themselves from other things that other than just being like, well, you could have this, but instead it's just got the fugitive slapped on top of it. So while it is set in the real world and that works for this movie, the real world is not a world that is built by writers and therefore is not really, you know, just not quite cut out to be a winner this week. So the fugitive's gone for me. Okay. My vote for the loser this week is going to be for the fugitive because while, yes, like a medical drama would be different, it's still just, it's just a medical drama which, and you said, like, the stuff that would spin out of the prestige would still be the prestige. It's like the stuff that would spin out of the fugitive would still just be the, it would just have the fugitive label put on it, and it would just be a medical drama, which we already have. And yes, it is based in the real world, and I understand your argument for it doesn't need to do anything more because that's the world that it's in. Singing in the Rain also takes place in the real world, and we were able to come up with so many other various, very compelling things that we didn't like second guess or question. Even Pulp Fiction to like, its own extent is based in the real world. It's just the seedy side of the world. And we were also able to come up with compelling stuff that we didn't really second guess. And the prestige, there is that stuff that would like, it would be like the same kind of theme with like the magicians and everything. And also the mentalist stuff was actually pretty cool stretch, but still pretty cool. Like while it would be similar with that theme, it would also be different because it wouldn't be about these two guys and their back and forth in the cat and mouse. There's so much other stuff going on that you could talk about, including the Tesla stuff, the Michael Caine stuff, the vacuum that's left by the death of the two best magicians and everything. So I feel like there's more different stuff that can come out of the prestige than there is with the fugitive. And so my vote is for the fugitive. All right, I'm keeping mine pretty short and sweet. Um, I My vote's going to be for The Fugitive this week, only because I love the movie. I love that it's, I mean, there, there's so much about it that I enjoy. Um, and when the movie ends and we finally get to that conclusion, I breathe a sigh of relief, and I'm happy that there has been conclusion, that there has been resolution. Um, and it's not really a world outside of that, I don't know, however long it is, two hours and ten-ish minutes that I, I want to inhabit in a different way. I like what's there. And um, I guess kind of taking the Yoda-ish approach, there's, you know, I kind of just want to let it be. Um, there's not a whole lot more that I want to know. I'm satisfied with what I see for the most part. And, um, yeah, it was the hardest for me, I think, to wrap my mind around 
future spinoffs that would still have that that fugitive feel and would still feel like a spinoff of that world, um, maybe because it's so grounded in reality. But um, for those reasons, I've decided that this week uh, the fugitive is going to be voted off for me. All right. Well, that's, that's going to do it. To the fugitive. The fugitive. He's on the run again. Going up. Well, no, he's not on the run because he got put on a train. I he got didn't put on train. Train. He he He's on the train. I didn't kill my wife. And the audience I says, don't I don't care. The audience says, I don't care. And then he goes through the door and he doesn't come out the other side. And Tommy Lee Jones will never catch the one armed train. Next season. There you go. U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a great episode of Film yes. Practice. Let's get mm-hmm. through our recommendations yeah. yes. and Twitter so handles and everything. So you can find me on Twitter at C.A. Spilliers, like Spill Something Yard at NNS. Uh, my recommendation this week is 1990s Postcards from the Edge, a fantastic film written Good by flick. Carrie Fisher, directed by Mike Nichols. Um, she actually wrote the book Postcards from the Edge. It's semi-autobiographical. Um, and then she also wrote the screenplay for it. Um, Meryl Streep plays Suzanne Vale, um, and Shirley MacLaine plays her uh, famous mother, Doris Mann. And so it's very much like, like I said, semi-autobiographical. So it's mm-hmm. uh, Meryl Streep basically plays Carrie Fisher, and it's like about growing up kind of in the shadow of your much more famous, powerful mother. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Debbie Reynolds of uh, Singing Reynolds. in the Rain. Hey, oh, Singing in the Rain, Full yes. circle. Um, but it's an excellent movie. Um, I watch it probably first thing after Carrie Fisher passed away, and I, I bawled like a baby. It was beautiful. So mm-hmm. go and watch Postcards from the Edge. All right. Okay. You can find me on Twitter and, and Instagram at Robbie underscore DeShazer. Um, I tweet things there. I post things there on Instagram. Uh, make, you know, make sure you follow. Some fun stuff will happen. Um, my recommendation this week is the IFC television show Brockmire, starring Hank Azaria, uh, which Carter just... So good. Yeah, I was... <laughs> Carter and I love the show. Uh, Brett, we got you to watch like the first two episodes or something like that. First episode. It's real good. We love it. It's uh, effortlessly funny. It's, (laughs) you know, if you like Hank Azaria and, you know, maybe don't like what he does on The Simpsons sometimes, uh, but you just want more of him, go check it out. It's a good series. Got a great cast, great writing. I love it. All right. You can find me on Snapchat and Twitter at Brett JHNSN number one. My recommendation this week is going to be the animated series Over the Garden Wall that was on Cartoon Network. It's only 10 episodes. Each episode's only like also really good. 10 or 11 minutes. It's really short, but like you, it's like an hour and a half in total. You could watch it in one sitting. An it's evening. An evening. It's, oh God, it's so good. The animation is so different. The characters are so quirky and so likable, and it starts off so fun and whimsical. And it's like, oh, what's going on? But then by the end, you're like, I feel bad. This is dark. Then turns out okay. It's is really good. I highly recommend it. I'll check it out. I've heard great things. I've never seen it though. Yeah, I have it. It's right back there so on one good. of my shelves. All right. So good. All right, guys. Um, you can follow me at Zed's Dead Five on Letterboxed. Um, and this week I'm going to be recommending Double Indemnity, 1944, featuring Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray. Um, it's honestly, I think, the only noir film I've. Uh, seen as of yet and I really liked it I thought it was fantastic compelling slightly cheesy but in all the best ways Um, some great acting some great cinematography um, extremely dark as it should be Uh, yeah so you should watch rewatch triple watch um, whatever however many times you've seen it watch it again it's great Uh, yeah 
Well, there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Great recommendations, everybody. Uh, you can follow us on the internet at Film Practice pretty much anywhere. Buy uh, our merch. Buy our merch. Eventually, we'll take it down. Maybe not. Do Who we knows? have that new logo out yet? Uh, it will be when this episode airs, because I'm going to do that tonight, right after we edit this episode. Excellent. It's a lot of new logo. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, so we have a kind of an in-between logo right now, or last week, I guess. And this week, it'll be uh, brand new. And cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So Very nice. Good episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, tune in again next week for another episode of Film Fracas. Yes. Yeah. Ho- ho- hopefully it'll get shorter. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you to Brett Johnson, Robbie DeShazer, and Shannon Widener for helping to write and produce each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen. It really does help get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.